Okay. You want to do the right thing. You genuinely want to be a good person. And you're tired of choosing the wrong thing. You know right from wrong. You know watching porn isn't pleasing to the Lord. Yet you keep doing it. You know it isn't right to get drunk. But it's fun. It's a good distraction. And you keep doing it. You know you're supposed to be reading your Bible and praying every day, but life keeps getting in the way. You know the Bible says lust is wrong, but how in the world is it even possible to not lust in this world? Girls don't even wear clothes anymore. Does this sound familiar? That's because I've been there too. Whether it's going out and getting drunk, doing drugs, hooking up with girls, watching porn, or even flipping the bird to the guy who cut me off in traffic, the desire to do these things always comes from the same place, the heart. So back in, I think this was... 2013, the year before I got sober, I was in full-on party mode. I had just gotten a pretty good job in Charlotte. I was, let's see, probably 25 years old. (laughs) Thought I had everything figured out was making good money, living by myself in a two-bedroom apartment, and was able to go out every single night and do whatever I wanted. And what that inevitably led to every night was getting blackout drunk, finding whoever was at the bar, making friends. I mean, when I get drunk, I'm, I'm social, and it's fun, right? So that was my only intention, to be honest with you. I never... Anyways, I would get drunk, find some strangers, and um, always could find cocaine. I don't know how. I I must have had like a magnet on me or something, but I always attracted drug dealers. (laughs) And I would wake up with either a strange girl in my bed or a crippling hangover or both. And then I'd go do it again the next day. That was that was literally my life. And that whole year is such a blur. But I'll never forget my dad, who I had pretty much pushed away um, completely. I mean, he didn't pay my bills anymore. And he certainly wasn't going to appreciate my new lifestyle of cocaine and... <laughs> all that other stuff. So I kept him at a distance, but you know, it's, it's like, I mean, he's an awesome dad and I grew up with a privileged life. So, um, I, I have always loved him and I would have told you that even then. Um, but would go a few months without speaking. I think he knew what I was up to, but he called me up that year in 2013 and it was probably March and, um, like springtime and, I used to play golf with my dad all the time. That was our thing, is is playing golf. That was where we could relate to one another and just really have a good time. 
and he wanted to go play Pebble Beach, which even if you don't know about golf, you've probably heard of Pebble Beach. It's like the pinnacle of of golf, um, like the coolest course in the United States, in, in my opinion, for sure. It's in Monterey, California. So um, my dad flew me out from Charlotte to go play Pebble Beach with him. It's this five-star experience. Um, and he gets me my own hotel room. And one of my dad's friends is with us. But anyways, we get to uh, the hotel. We stayed in Santa Cruz, California. And um, we had it all planned out. The next day we were going <laughs> to drive down the coast together and go play golf. Um, but we get to the hotel at like 8 p.m. And I've been sober the whole day, which is a, like a big deal for me. I didn't even drink on the, on the airplane because I knew my dad was going to pick me up and I didn't want to smell like booze. So my hands are kind of shaky by 9 p.m. Like I really, really want to go party. But obviously I'm in California. I don't know anybody there. And we're staying in a hotel in Santa Cruz, a place I've never been before. So, me being me, I called a taxi. <laughs> Didn't tell my dad any of this. I called a taxi, put my party clothes on, went downstairs, met the taxi outside the hotel, and I just told the driver straight up, I said, look, man, I just want to go party. Do you know any cool places? And he smiles and he says, yeah, man, I know a few places. What what kind of thing are you into? And I was like, dude, honestly, I just want to get hammered and not remember anything. And he's like, I know just the place. So he takes me to this bar. I can still see it in my mind uh, <laughs> so vividly. It's like the diviest bar you can imagine, just so... Um, dark and like redneck music playing. We're in California and still somehow it's nothing but like people in cowboy boots and, you know, that kind of place. And I just start drinking whiskey, just whiskey water. That was my drink of choice and got blackout drunk after a couple hours. And next thing I know, I am waking up and sorry if this is too transparent. I just, I have to tell it like it is. Um, <laughs> I found myself with two girls that I didn't know. I didn't know their names. They were in my hotel room and I don't know if we had hooked up or what, but I hear this knock on the door and then I realize like, oh crap. And it's my dad knocking on the door and he's saying, Zach, are you up? Are you up? I'm like, oh my God. So I tell him I'm getting ready. It's like 5 a.m. We've got a big day planned. I'm still like pretty drunk slash hungover at the same time. Just I had definitely done cocaine that night. Um, just, just terrible. So I get my dad to leave me alone, tell him I'm getting ready, kick these girls out. And still to this day, I don't, I don't truly know what happened. I hope to God. I, I just don't know. And that's just the truth. And there are things in my life that um, I'm honestly, I don't even know how to make right. But the Lord has made them right. Because obviously, I've asked for forgiveness. And hopefully you're not 
judging me right now. This is just the way it went down. But anyways, um, went to Pebble Beach that day, played golf, like whatever. It, it was a truly great time. Um, but I wasn't able to fully enjoy it because I had a hangover and I had been out all night the night before and I had to carry this shame and regret and these secrets with me. And on top of that, I flew back to Charlotte um, that Monday and I had been fired from my job. My boss called me into his office that Monday morning. I showed up late and he fired me on the spot. And it was because I left early that Friday to go on this trip and I didn't even ask if it was okay. I felt like I was just the king of the world and I could do whatever I wanted. So I just left work without telling anybody and I I just, I was going to deal with it on Monday, but my boss dealt with me before I could deal with the situation and it wasn't good. I lost everything that year. If you know my story, you know, um, I spiraled downward really fast and that was kind of one of the events that kind of like started that downward spiral. And again, it wasn't, I didn't mean for anything wrong to happen. I just wanted to have fun, but I still knew right from wrong, just like you do. And I chose the wrong thing. Like it or not, it's human nature to sin and you're not perfect. (laughs) And if you have a problem with that, you can take it up with Adam and Eve. I'm just a messenger here. At some point, we all have to acknowledge that maybe we're not as perfect as we like people to think we are. And that maybe, just maybe, there's some sin that needs to be addressed. Every single day I wake up to at least a couple of Instagram messages from people either asking for help with addiction or some sort of life challenge, a spiritual battle, uh, feeling distant from God, that's usually the theme. And though I don't always say it, my first question is always, is there sin in your life? Until we address the matters within us, we can't address the matters around us. Have you forgotten that God is always watching you? Or do you just not care anymore? What you do in secret when nobody's looking is just as important as what you do in broad daylight. Do you honestly think There won't be consequences for blatantly disobeying God? Do you really believe going to church and quoting Bible verses on Instagram is going to trick God into thinking you really love him? Jesus says it like this. I love Jesus because he's direct. Jesus says, If you love me, you'll obey my commands. That's in John 14, 15. I've always known that verse, but I just kind of cruise through it every time. It never seems to be exactly what I want to hear. But Jesus didn't come here to tell me what I want to hear. 
Jesus came to this earth to become a living sacrifice for the sins I keep committing. And that's a sobering thought. Jesus died for past, present, and future sin. That means every time I lust after a woman, every time I tell a lie, every time I think hateful thoughts, and every time I sin in general, it's literally me putting nails in the hands and feet of Jesus. He died because of me and because of you. Can we please take a closer look at what Jesus is saying? Just meditate on these words. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Let those words sink in. Close your eyes and meditate on this challenge from Jesus. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Do you really love God? Like, really? Or do you love watching porn? Do you really love God? Or do you prefer getting drunk? Do you really love God? Or are you just using him to get your blessings and then live life according to your own desires? Do you really think asking for forgiveness for the same sin for the 743rd time is going to change things for you? Seriously, think about it. God sees straight through you and he knows the intentions of your heart. You might as well take this opportunity right now to get real and make things right with the author of your life with the creator of this universe. The Bible says it like this. In Psalm chapter 90, David writes, For all of our faults and flaws are in full view to you. Everything we want to hide, you search out and expose by the radiance of your face. First Samuel says it like this. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There's nothing you can hide from God. And if you think this is too straightforward or harsh, you haven't read your Bible because I'm not saying anything new or original here. God already said this multiple times in Scripture, and this is the most loving thing that I could possibly say to you. I want to see you prosper. I want to see you walking in freedom. 
overflowing with inner peace, incredible joy, and unshakable confidence in the Lord. I want you to be a hundred percent sure about your standing with God. Nothing is more important than eternity. And look, I'm not here to judge you. I lost my right to judge the moment I was born, and I can't possibly know what you're thinking or going through right now. This is between you and the Lord. However, I'd be doing you a great dishonor by not asking these questions. Your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life, and it is the only relationship that's going to last forever. The Word makes it abundantly clear that He loves you, and He wants you to love Him back. You demonstrate this love through obedience. God has feelings too. We're made in His image. And he's deeply hurt when we cheat on him with other idols like sex, money, drugs, alcohol, sports, football on Sundays, careers, material things. Imagine how you'd feel. Just imagine that you're in a relationship and you took a bullet for your significant other. Like, you literally died for that person. And then by the grace of God, he raised you from the dead so that you could get back with that person. And he or she decided to cheat on you again. That'd be devastating, wouldn't it? And that's exactly what we do to Jesus every time we choose sin. (laughs) <laughs> it's um, it wrecks my heart to think that he died for me and he rose again just to have a relationship with me. And every time I choose sin, it's cheating on him. Like, we are the bride of Christ. He wants to be married to us. We are in covenant with him. We're married to Jesus And when we choose sin, when we choose the lust and the lies and just all of that stuff that we give into, it's cheating on him. And don't you think that breaks his heart? We're made in his image. So, you know, the feelings you feel, if somebody cheats on you, that's what God feels. It's time to start doing the right thing. Don't throw away your eternal reward on the stupid temporary pleasures of this world. It's never worth it. And speaking from personal experience, you just might find that doing the right thing is actually quite fulfilling. I thought sobriety was going to be a death sentence. I was so worried when I walked into that AA meeting that I'd never have fun again. And if I did the sober thing, all my friends would disappear. And looking back now, it's actually comical how wrong I was. Sobriety has shown me how to actually enjoy life. I thought my party life was fun. I thought, you know, 
Still, I'm able to laugh about that California story because it's in my past, but at the time, I genuinely thought that that was fun. That was my definition of fun, and I was wrong. It was all a lie. It wrecked my life. True joy is having the freedom to enjoy a sunset like I did tonight, to write a book that helps people, to be useful to the people around me, to love my German shepherd without a drink in my hand, to go to bed knowing for sure that my day was pleasing to the Lord and waking up without a hangover. I couldn't do any of those things four years ago. And yes, a lot of my so-called friends did disappear. They actually vanished when I got sober. Nowhere to be found. But I've found new friends since then. Real friends. True friends. People who make me better. People who care about me. People who believe in me. God was simply making room for something better. When those old friends disappeared, I thought it was loss, but it was actually great gain. I couldn't hold on, hold on to the old and have room for the new. I had to let go of the old in order to receive the new. And John 8.36, it's pretty much my life verse. This is why I talk about freedom, and I can't stand when people say, you know, I'm Zach, I'm an alcoholic, I'm Zach, I'm an addict. You're not either of those things. You have a new identity in Christ. Like if you've given your heart to the Lord, he has set you free. And John says, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Um, and it doesn't have in parentheses, unless you're an alcoholic. Like if you, it, you know, if you struggle with alcoholism or if you struggle with watching porn, you'll always, no, it says if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So why do we keep choosing this sin? That's, that's what I'm getting at here. Why do we keep choosing this thing? And it's not just freedom from drugs and alcohol that I enjoy today. Like I talked about, it's also freedom from lust and porn. Every day that I stay sober from watching porn, I can literally feel an increase of self-confidence, self-worth, and inner peace. And it's actually quite nice to be able to look people directly in the eyes, knowing that I'm on the right path, knowing that I'm doing the right thing, and I have nothing to hide anymore. People are attracted to confidence. The light of Jesus will begin to shine through you, and you'll find a renewed sense of purpose and satisfaction in your life when you do the right thing. And that's what sobriety will do for you. And don't get me wrong, the temptation is still just as real. I see beautiful women all the time on Instagram and walking around and thoughts of going to the bar still flash through my mind sometimes. And to be super honest, sometimes I can still, like, I can sense the distinct taste and scent of cocaine and it, it like flashes through my nostrils sometimes and I can feel it. And obviously it's imaginary, but it still seems just as real. And I'm four years sober and I still face the same temptations is what I'm saying. Like, does that tell you anything? The temptations 
aren't going to go away because they come from the heart. As long as your heart is still beating, temptation is going to be there. But the desire to act on those temptations, that's what went away. I no longer have to act on the desires of my flesh because I live by the Spirit. My flesh still wants to sin. It always will. My spirit doesn't, though, and yours doesn't either, if you belong to Christ. Like, have you ever caught yourself arguing with yourself, like talking to yourself in the mirror, like saying, you don't want to do this or that, like just literally arguing with yourself? That's exactly what's going on. Like, you have your flesh, which includes your heart and your mind, like your body, and you have the Holy Spirit which acts as your conscience. This is how you know right from wrong, your helper and your guide. The Holy Spirit is God within you, and the Spirit will always be in opposition to the flesh. So we have to learn to walk in the Spirit and ignore the flesh. And Paul writes about this in Galatians. This isn't just, I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my butt. Like this is straight from the Bible. And Paul says, For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. So, Paul is literally describing what we just talked about. Like, you've got flesh and you've got spirit, and they're always in opposition of one another. So, life and life of overcoming temptation and walking in freedom is about walking in the spirit. It's about learning to tap into the spirit in the face of temptation and no longer gratifying the selfish desires of the flesh. And when temptation comes my way, like it did today, Like I literally thought about, oh, I could totally just watch porn right now. When that happens, I open my Bible. And if my Bible isn't around, I pray. I can pray silently. I can pray out loud. Like I don't care anymore. Even if I'm in public, I'll start just talking to God because my sobriety and my relationship with him is way more important than what people think. It's about choosing God in my weakest moments when nobody's around. Anyone can choose God in church, like when the worship music is going on. It's easy to choose God and say you love Him. It's easy to think about God. But true character is choosing God in the face of temptation. And as time has passed, like in these four years of being sober, I've grown to genuinely want to obey his commands. Like I really want to do the right thing. And I feel like you do too, or you wouldn't even be listening to this. But why? Like, like what changed? And for me, what changed is I've spent so much time in the word that I know his promises now. I know the promises of God, and I, I deeply understand like the difference between my flesh and my spirit. And I walk in freedom. like I believe 100% that Jesus has set me free, so I don't have to act on temptation anymore. And like 
I know that there's a crown of life waiting for me. Like it says in James chapter one, there's literally a crown of life. And all I have to do on this earth is persevere through trials and resist temptation. Like literally there are riches in heaven waiting for me and nothing in this universe can amount to the value of what God has planned for me in eternity. It's literally a promise. James 1.12 says, If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. The victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. It's an incredible promise. It's it's a promise, like it's guaranteed that if I persevere through trials and temptation, it is promised a victorious crown of life. So that's what helps me is like next time you're faced with the same temptation, whether it's porn, alcohol, like whatever it is that you deal with. Um, some people even struggle with food and I don't want to downplay that either. That is, um, it's, I mean, eating disorders, that's a real thing. There are so many things in this world that can, that can get us off the path. And next time you're faced with the temptation that you face, compare the reward, the reward that James talks about, compare the victorious crown of life that's promised to you, compare that with what the enemy is offering to you. And you'll no longer want to sin. Always compare the eternal reward with the short-term gratification and the instant regret that you know you're going to receive when you give in to temptation. Addiction will become a thing of the past for you, and you're going to enter a new life of freedom, confidence, and faith in Jesus. This is promised to you. But you've got to choose God in these moments of weakness to get there. You've got to choose God. You've got to want your Bible more than sin. And it never gets easy. And I can definitely tell you that self-will isn't going to win this war. This is why Jesus exists. It's why he did what he did on the cross. He's literally waiting for you to ask for help. I've studied every miracle of Jesus that we know about. Some say there were 36. It's between 36 and 40 that we know about. Like there are stories about these. And you want to know what the common denominator is in every miracle, every time Jesus healed somebody? The common denominator is a heart of surrender. The common denominator is a person walking up to Jesus and saying, will you help me? I know that you're Jesus and I believe you're the son of God and you can do anything. So will you please help me? Will you touch me? I know you can do it, Jesus. It puts pride away. You know, a lot of times these people had to come up to Jesus in rags and 
with leprosy on their skin and in front of a lot of people. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus in front of all your friends and saying, dude, I'm really struggling with this porn thing. Will you please just help me? It takes a lot of faith. It's a bold move. But if you want to get free, you're going to have to ask for his help. And it's way better than hiding in the dark, that's for sure. You've got to choose God in your moments of weakness. And I'll say this too, if you're feeling broken or you feel super challenged by temptation, consider yourself blessed. God can always work with brokenness. Pride, however, God has no use for a prideful heart. Jesus said this, I'm giving you a lot of scripture this time, but this is, this is the truth, and I have to share the truth with you. Jesus says, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. When you feel like you've got nothing left, you are blessed. Because with less of you, there is more of God. And that's exactly what happened in my life. When people ask me all the time, dude, how did you turn it around? Like, here's the truth. My choices were suicide that day, September 29th, 2014. I had already written my suicide letters. My choices were suicide or give Jesus a try. Those were my, those were the only options on the table for me. And I'm so glad that I hit my knees that day and I prayed. And I asked God for his help. That's it. It wasn't like some magical prayer. I just asked him for his help. And I had reached the end of my rope. And that's why Jesus says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. I never understood it until that day. But brokenness, he doesn't want you to hurt. But he most certainly wants you to reach the end of yourself. Because that's when he can take over and show you what only he can do. And Proverbs talks about pride. Proverbs says, you've probably heard it before, pride goes before the fall. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. And I had a huge ego, and I fell really hard. Thought I could do everything myself. I didn't think I had a problem. Thought you were the problem. The world was the problem. Satan is the problem. God is the problem. But the real problem was my heart. And all temptation comes from the heart. It's not the enemy tempting you. Do you really think the enemy is tempting you? This is where a lot of us get tripped up. James tells us that all temptation comes from the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And we have to address that. That's the only way to overcome this is to address the things in our heart. It's everything we already talked about. And my prayer is that you'll be the one that hears this and you'll be the one to acknowledge what's going on in your own heart, accept responsibility, accept the responsibility for the sin and the calamity in your life and ask Jesus to help you. And if you can do that and you genuinely believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he can literally do anything 
including heal you mentally, <laughs> mentally, I can't even talk, including heal you mentally, physically, and spiritually, if you believe that Jesus can do that, then you have what it takes to walk in freedom forever. You're clearly hungry for something, or temptation wouldn't have such a stronghold in your life. So get in the Word, choose God in your moments of weakness, choose God in the face of temptation, choose your Bible, and feast on the promises of God. It's the only way to truly satisfy your soul. You gotta play the tape forward. Come on, man. Like, play the tape forward. You know exactly how this plays out. You give in to temptation. You find temporary gratification at best. And then you find yourself swimming in a pool of regret, feeling unworthy, and right back at square one. And that's how it goes every single time. Sin always looks good. The temptation always looks good. That girl always looks super hot. And going out with your friends and getting hammered always seems like the, you know, the fun thing to do. Everybody's doing it. Sin always looks good. And it's the oldest trick in Satan's book. Like literally it's what he did to Adam and Eve. And it's why we live in sin today. He's the great deceiver. He knows how to make something terrible look good. And he wants you to choose that. So you always find yourself back at square one. You have to learn to see through his lies and the temporary pleasures of this earth. They're never worth it. So I want you to ask yourself, what are the temptations in your life? What are they? Like, like list them. Open the notes in your phone. Write them down. What are the temptations in my life? Where am I when temptation arises within me? Like physically, where am I? Is it at home? For me, it's, it's pretty much always when I'm by myself. Isolation. That's when the enemy works his, like, does his best work, is when I'm isolated. When I'm not in community, when I'm inside by myself, in darkness. That's where he operates. And that's why I go outside and run. That's why I love photography. I, you know, go camping. I do all this stuff outside because the enemy can't touch me out there. And he actually can't touch me inside either. That's a choice I make. So where am I? Like, what's the pattern? Ask yourself that. Look for a pattern. The enemy is not, he doesn't do anything new. He has patterns. And he is always examining the patterns in your life so he can find a way in. So trip him up. What can you do differently? Like, if you find yourself falling into temptation when you're by yourself at home, then don't, don't spend time alone at home. Find something to do with your time that's good. And here's the tough question that I really want you to take home. Do I truly love God? Because Jesus said it. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Which commands are you disobeying?
And please remember, temptation is perfectly normal. It comes from the heart. Like, if you're human, temptation is something you're going to face. We all get tempted daily. Even Jesus faced temptation. But it's what you do with temptation that marks your character. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose yourself? The choice is always yours to make. It is impossible to hide from God what you do in secret, you're doing in front of God. But that being said, He does love you and He forgives you and He wants to discuss these things with you. He wants a relationship with you, He wants to talk about your heart and He's just waiting for you to let him in. God meets us where we are, not where we pretend to be.